If you're enjoying Night Faces, please check out our Patreon subscriptions for access to soundtracks, cool merch items, bonus episodes of Night Faces, and our Patreon-exclusive award-winning anthology series, Middle West. Fan support helps us to continue making these shows and is greatly appreciated. Welcome. Half Bad Productions presents Night Faces. Episode 10, The Endless Garden. It was the morning after, the morning of November 1st. The earth closed its gates, no vacancy. The morning was still, and a fog rose just above the cornstalks. The sky an endless gray that would remain for months, welcoming the snow soon, the flurry of time, sweeping the town away from the summer that had seen so much pain. Magda was in a chipper mood, not her usual post-Halloween depression. She danced along the floor, careful of her footsteps, her low heels wrapped in cloth. She moved to a tune, only in her head. It was a quiet waltz. Her arms were covered in yellow rubber gloves, her hair in a net. She had to be methodical as she wiped away the splatter of blood. The red was everywhere, flecks against the light bulbs, the ceiling, the liquor bottles. She couldn't leave a trace. Just beyond her feet, a pool on the floor, and then a stream, and then footprints. It took great effort, between Magda and Cross, to get the body out the door in the early hours of the morning, the sun on the cusp of rising and revealing their trespass. They worked quickly in the dark. Jerry's enormity was more obvious, more exhausting, as a corpse. Magda expected to feel more grief for her friend, more pain, as she observed the scene around her, the great explosion of gunpowder, its ability to end life without apprehension, cleaning up the parts of a person that you should never have to. But after seeing Delilah, after her visions of her in the woods, 
beaten and half buried. She had no remorse. She felt the powerful high of vengeance, and she would not yet experience its great low. Cross did always make everything harder for Magda, killing Jerry in his own bar. He didn't have the patience to wait, the skill to plan. But Magda supposed that wasn't what she needed from him anyway. She just needed the carnage, the acute violence, what she saw in Cross the first day they met. The restaurant wouldn't open for a few hours, and by then, Magda would have the place looking brand new. Of course, no one would come to open the doors, to flip on the glowing Christmas lights behind the bar, to drag out the special sign. That was all Jerry's job. When Magda was through with the restaurant, she had more work to do. Jerry's truck, his body in her shed. Her day would be long, her muscles would ache with the familiar pain of hard labor, and yet her feet moved to the waltz, to the joy of revenge. After their meeting in the parlor, Cross walked back to the cottage alone, unsure of what Delilah was up to on her night of freedom. He paced the floors, thinking of what to do, how he would take care of this, how he would kill a man. It seemed hard, but also easy at the same time. Soon, Delilah walked in. The feeling he had felt before, when he saw her at the club, was gone. She was, again, caught in spirit. There was no lifelike residue, just her ghostly self returned. He reached out to her, pulling her to his chest and holding her there. He almost preferred her this way, dim to the world, but not to him. To him, she was a glowing specter, his love, a woman who had changed him, though he wasn't sure of what he had become. I'm going to do it tonight, Cross whispered into Delilah's ear. What? She looked up into his eyes. So soon? Her voice cracked. She had told him this was what she wanted that she wanted to move on, but she wanted more time with him too. She didn't want to say goodbye, not yet. It's gotta be this way, Del. Why torture ourselves? Why make it harder? He was right. She thought of her mother, the way she motioned to her in the woods, succumbed by the shadow of those monsters. She needed to be with her, to be with her sister. She couldn't stay here forever, endless nights of dancing, lying in bed with Cross, spending hours talking about life, when she wasn't even living. He would grow old, he would move on to a wife, a family, a whole world she had no business being a part of. Magda would die, her age finally catching her, while doing dishes or scrubbing the bar stools, her hand clutching her chest. And she would move through the afterlife with ease, a lantern in hand, shining through all the darkness. And Delilah would be here, on a loop, prey to the predators of the forest, alone, trapped, you're right, Cross. She looked into his eyes, filled with fluid, sad. I will miss you, always. He nodded, letting her go. He walked over to the bedside table and opened the drawer, pulling out a pistol and sliding it down the back of his jeans. And he walked out the door, without another word, without looking back. Delilah walked onto the stage. She stared out into the empty room in front of her. It was late morning, and the bar was closed. She could feel the emptiness, but also the hum of what was. 
the voices that carried in and out each day. Magda laughing while pouring drinks, the music, bare skin, the buzz of conversation, the familiar faces of her hometown. She wanted to capture it, to bring it with her, wherever she was going. The way it felt when she danced, exposing herself, coming to terms with herself. She wanted to capture that night that she saw Cross in the crowd and knew he could see her. She knew in a moment that she wasn't alone. She wished mostly that this hadn't happened to her. That night, she wished she had never stopped her car, never caught his eye, never crumbled beneath his rage. But then, she would have never met Cross. She closed her eyes, trying to take it all in, one last time. And then she heard her song come streaming in through the speakers. And when she looked out, she saw him. Cross pulled a chair to the front of the stage and sat down in front of her. His shirt was covered in blood, his eyes tired but calm and focused completely on her. The two of them caught in this tragedy of loving each other. The cruelty of goodbyes, but the mercy of having known each other at all. And with all the heavy sorrow, time fleeting now, Delilah danced for him again, peeling away her clothing slowly, the torn skirt, the reminder of all her suffering, until it was only her, in front of him, the shimmering light of the silver curtain behind her, swaying and dancing too. Cross let the image burn him, as if to brand himself with her memory, with the memory of all that had happened, and she stopped. I love you, Cross. Delilah placed her hands on either side of his face. I love you, Delilah. And they let those words ring out, as long as they would, without anything else. Delilah kissed Cross, holding him a moment longer, his arms wrapped around her, tightly enough to hurt, until she pulled away and walked toward the door. She wasn't sure what was on the other side, but she saw the light pouring through. It shined through the cracks. It welcomed her. And she looked back to Cross one last time, before opening the door, the light blinding, and she stepped into the sun. Cross would drink himself to sleep that night. He poured whiskey after whiskey until it was hard to feel anything at all, and yet he did. He laid in his bed, staring out his window, expecting to see her, even in the night, just the glow of her, but it was all darkness. The image of Jerry, the weight of his body, settled into his stomach, the cruelty of it all. He wasn't sure if this would ever leave him. Coming upon him in the restaurant, throwing the small piece of Delilah's skirt on the ground in front of him, Jerry shaking his head in disagreement, but Cross didn't give him a chance to beg or plead. And he ended it there, without a word between them. Cross's eyes finally began to tire, the booze doing its work. But before he drifted away, he opened the drawer of the nightstand. In the very back, he reached for the only book he had brought with him, an old torn-up copy of For Whom the Bell Tolls, and in its pages, a small envelope. He held the envelope to his chest for a moment, his eyes glistening over. He was unable to look inside, though he knew what was there. Instead, he slid it into his back pocket before falling asleep. When he woke, he felt the familiar breeze through the window, the cool air whisking away the sweat of alcohol on his forehead. 
He didn't want to move from the bed, the sunlight calling him to get up, to move forward, to do something. But he only wanted to think of her, to remember waking up to her, her softness, her voice, her hair ruffled beneath his chin. Cross watched the trees move beyond his window, the wind manipulating their branches, the clouds circling above, gray and cold, but with patches of sunlight shining through. It felt so painful that the world could go on spinning, that it could not pause for a moment. We could plant a garden back here. Cross heard Delilah's voice and sprang from the bed. He ran to the window and saw her there, sitting on the small bench, facing the field in the forest. She looked up at him and smiled. I'm back, baby. Cross ran out the door. He scooped her up from the bench, holding her in his arms. How are you here? He asked, pushing the hair from her face, looking into her deep green eyes. I don't know. There was nothing for me. No pathway, no lightness. I looked past the field and into the woods, everywhere. My mother wasn't there. I stayed, waiting, and nothing changed. Tears filled Delilah's eyes. But then I realized, this must be it. This is the afterlife for me. Whatever this is, here with you. You settled the score, and yet, here I am. Delilah looked at Cross, placing her hand against his cheek. This must be it. Cross pulled her tightly against his body, swaying back and forth. He comforted her. He ran his hands through her hair, laying his head against her neck. But Cross? Yeah, he answered. I want a garden. Cross smiled. You got it. Cross left Delilah at the bench while she sketched her plans in a notebook, the sunlight pulling into the small patch of soil they would plant together. She let her body rest against the rusting bench, the decay she would never know, her feet against the cool ground, the sleep she would never know. She wouldn't be allowed happiness. This, she knew. It was all relative now. Cross was temporary, but a slice of heaven. The creatures in the forest were back, her pain calling to them, feeding them. They would torture her for eternity, a slice of hell. Her longing to be with her family would be replaced with a longing for darkness, for a black abyss of nothingness, compared to an internal existence at a strip club, her loop repeating again and again, stuck in the endless garden. Cross walked to the bar. Magda was inside tying her hair up into a bow, getting ready to start a new day, one that didn't involve digging graves. She looked across, their partnership complete, and yet she felt wary. What do you need, hon? She asked. The cottage, Cross answered. I want to stay there, indefinitely. Magda nodded her head. That's fine, dear, just... She paused, the weight crushing her, the knowing of what was. Magda knew, she always knew. She knew when she first spoke to him, when she first pulled him into her arms. She saw him with Delilah. She felt their love, his violence. It was her purpose to use it to her advantage, for Cross to kill for her. But she knew the risk of their attachment, and it seemed they couldn't let each other go. Just, just plant her that garden, all right? Cross looked at Magda, realizing her depth of sight. Of course, he said, and walked out the door. He walked behind the building to the dumpsters, and he pulled the envelope from his pocket, the one he had placed there the night before. He took a breath and pulled a Polaroid picture from it. He stared at the image, letting it haunt him, as it always would. 
her legs dark and bruised, the heavy hits of a baseball bat, her chest bleeding, the small golden crucifix piercing her sternum, her eyes staring back, cold and empty. He pulled a match from his pocket and struck it against the box, and he let the flame melt away the picture, the multiple crimes against her. He let it burn and then fade into the wind, and he threw what was left, all that was left of the truth, in the garbage to rot. The vision of her, her soul, her body, her torment, her happiness, all of her, only ever his. Erasmus removed the plow from his truck, his large body useful in these moments. He wanted the truck for this. It was less familiar. He waited that night. He didn't go to night faces, didn't want to be seen. But he knew when she would head home. He always knew. He watched her drive that road many nights, waiting in the dark parking lot just to catch a glimpse of her. The truth was, she needed to be saved, and he needed to save her. It's what he knew she wanted when she looked at him, when she bothered to talk to him when no one else would, taking the plastic crucifix from his hand when he offered, letting him hold hers as he would whisper, Repent, repent, and you will be saved. She would smile, pull her hand away eventually. She was so sweet, but such a sinner. He would wait, wait until he knew she was coming. He saw her headlights stream over the road, still far away, and he pulled out, driving slowly until her car came closer. He knew she would stop. Such a sweet thing. He hit the brakes quickly, her car swerving behind his. He saw her face in the rearview mirror, and she looked scared. He rolled down his window. His heart was racing, but he felt something in him come alive, with her walk slowly approaching. He knew now. It was all in his hands. Delilah, he whispered through the window, watching her eyes squint to recognize him, and then move past him to the baseball bat, and then grow larger with the realization. He opened the door, and she moved quickly, like an animal in retreat. He knew she'd be frightened, but he didn't want her to run away from him. He tried to offer her comfort with his eyes, to show through to his soul, his plan for her, but in the darkness, she only clamored. It wasn't how he wanted it to go. And she was fast. But so was he. Please, no. It was over quickly. He left her there, alone in the woods, broken. First, he had to get rid of her car. Then he had to come back for her body. He wanted her to rest in a spot of reflection. Reflection of her life, her choices, all that brought her to this moment. He thought that would save her. When he returned, he was gentle with her, not like he had been before. He carried her through the woods, carefully lying her in the back of his truck, the light of the stars falling against the lake as he drove over the bridge toward town. He felt at peace. When he laid her to rest in the forest behind night faces, 
He began to bury her, but he felt a strong urge not to entirely. He felt a need to keep her exposed, almost, to the light, the light he was sure would find her. Before leaving, he kneeled over her. He had been careful, gloves over his hands. He knew not to touch her any more than he had, although it was hard. So he just watched her, until he had no more time, and the sun would soon rise. He never wanted to leave the image of her, of all he had done for her, and so, he took a picture. Thank you for listening to our 10-episode audio drama, Night Faces, and stay tuned for future series, which will be announced on our Instagram, at Productions. You can find our contact information and follow along there. Please subscribe, rate, and review Night Faces on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, I'm Isabel, the creator, writer, and voice behind Night Faces, and I want to take a moment to talk to you about Apollo Plus. Night Faces recently joined the Apollo Plus exclusive roster. What that means is that you can listen to the show ad-free, gain early access to new episodes and seasons, more on that later, and a bunch of other cool stuff. And don't worry, you can still listen to Night Faces for free on your favorite podcast apps. This is just one way you can help support us. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio fiction creators. When you subscribe, you are supporting not only your favorite shows, but probably your soon-to-be new favorite shows, too. There's so much to discover there. And the exclusive content you have access to comes from a curated catalog of top-notch audio fiction. Not only that, but creators receive 70% of their revenue on Apollo Plus, so that they can create a new series or another season of your favorite show, all thanks to you. Join Apollo Plus through the Apollo Podcast app or by going to apollopods.com.